So for a sound check, do you have uh, like a words of wisdom? Do you think like an adage or like uh, anything you could share with the um, listeners? I have, a, I, have a, I have a life tip. Sure. Um, so I was just in the bathroom not that long ago uh, here at uh, oh, the wonderful Fitzgerald's in St. Paul. Yeah. And uh, I'm in the bathroom. Guy comes in next to me. Um, starts pit, starts pissing next to me. There's two uh, two urinals there, so it's nothing weird. Uh, all of a sudden, just fucking lets her rip. Just fucking rips ass yeah. right there. And uh, he turned and, you know, like looked at me and like kind of chuckled and apologized. Um, my life tip, <laughs> don't ever fucking apologize. What? For that particularly or for yeah, anything, for anything ever? Ever. <laughs> I like how you tied that one event to just saying never apologize for no, anything you, you ne- that you, you have ever fucking done. Well, I mean, if you are egregiously wrong, you should probably apologize. But if you just, if you, uh, I mean, here's an exception to that would be if you, uh, if you like fart and clearly shit your pants while you're standing next to a dude, maybe apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think what it would be uh, like. Be like to like. Okay, he clearly. That's shat is it like it's just well, a river of he's shit. He's gonna know that he just shat his pants, and right, so then right. you apologize. Then he, okay. You just you're in the urinal, and it's a public place, and you fucking let her rip when you're uh, taking a piss. Whatever, well, dude. No one cares. Well, I'm just sort of like you know, if you're in the bathroom, where else are you supposed to be able to just do that? Like, I, I get if you're trying to be courteous. You're outside. There's a bunch of people out here. I don't want to fucking smell up the bar here, but that's yeah. why I go to the bathroom. Where am I yeah. supposed to do it if not at the bathroom? I don't know. I, I fart everywhere all the time, so. Good it. tip. Live from Fitzgerald's in St. Paul, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. Drinking a rum hams. That's, uh, that's too bad. That's what you're asking. Uh, yet, I'm not drinking a rum hams yet. Yet. Uh, important qualifier there. Um, just no, a re- just just a straight up hams. It's a regular hams. Yeah, just you know, keeping it uh, keeping it nice and light tonight. That's, yeah. Been hitting the gym a lot recently. I can tell. Yeah. So, trying to like you know, keep an eye keep an eye on my uh, my caloric intake. Right. I'm right. not like I'm not like fucking counting the shit down and, and writing it in a journal or right. anything, but. Like to be, I, I made a ten hams is the wrong amount of hams. Yeah, well, kind of. you know, it's ten hams is the right amount of hams, but probably not uh, if you're trying to stay, you know, relatively fit or right. get a little more fitter. Um, so a health I, concern, or you, you no, uh, did Anna tell you, you that you're she's just like, starting to? Yeah, you gotta lose some look like weight. some fucking old Play-Doh <laughs> or something. No, just uh, you know, personal. I've been, uh, I like to feel good, and, and actually, I've been really good. My whole big thing was like, I always, I hated going to the gym. Uh, after work, so oh, like, yeah. I get done with work at you know five or whatever. I've been and it's maybe it's like a good time because I I have an office job and I'm generally 
not I have a standing desk or whatever, but I'm pretty sedentary during the day. Like, oh, you want to go? But like at that point, I'm like, I just want to go get a fucking beer. So I've been getting up early and going to the gym in the morning, which is like a fucking game changer if you don't do that. Like, you know, go do my workout, hit the sauna, hit the whirlpool, take a shower. And like I get to work at like 8.15. I'm like, fuck, man, I'm ready to see, carpe, carpe some diems and shit. Absolutely. So That's a good way to start the and Yeah, and so I've been eating healthier. I made a kick-ass pork tenderloin tonight, but... Nice. Yeah, drinking hams. What about you? Are you drinking hams too? Is that no? This is Ooh. a copacetic kush. Ooh, okay. Yeah, I only Ooh, drink things Uta that are hard to pronounce. Uta pills. What is it from? Uta pills. Oh yes, I don't okay. understand what the fuck you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is the. If Uta pills wants brewer. to sponsor the podcast, you know. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody from Uta pills listens yeah. to this stupid fucking I, podcast. If the, if the Nazi party was willing to throw some money our way, I'd, pro- I'd just be like, all right. Uh, please don't give Days any. I know. Uh, brought to you by Nazi. Don't give. Uh, don't give the uh, the fascists uh, any uh, any ideas, man. Okay. All right. So I got, I got a quick anecdote f- to, for you before we get into this. Okay. Sure. This happened literally tonight. Um, I've got some people in town for work um, this week, and tonight we had kind of a team building event. And what I, I I set up the whole event this week. And what I thought would be cool is if you know we, we go out to dinner. There's people traveling; they need to eat food. So a lot of times we'll do like a team dinner. I thought let's make an activity out of it, like a team building activity. And we were going to do a cooking class and then eat the you know product of that. Well, we had to back out, and we ended up taking a cooking class that was really just kind of like teppanyaki. Like, like there's really just somebody cooking and talking about what they're doing, and we're kind of watching. So we sit around, you know, like like you'd get it like a, a Japanese grill or something like that. Backing up, when I was 14, my first job was at Domino's Pizza. Uh, I made pizzas, and at Domino's, you, like, toss the dough and stuff. Like, you pick it up and throw it around and stuff like that. And so I learned how to do that when I was 14. Fast forward to tonight, and they were making pizza. And like she wasn't too, she's like doing it. She's like, I'm actually kind of a pastry chef. I'm just filling in tonight. And she asked if anybody had made uh, pizza dough before. And I was like, I just timidly raised my hand in my mind. I'm thinking, I don't know, 15,000 of them. And so she's <laughs> like, Hey, you want to try this? And she thought it was like going to be funny. And I was like, Yeah, I'll try it, whatever. And so I go behind the thing. It's just, it's not supposed to be hands on, but like she's asking me to come back. She thinks it's going to be funny. Team yeah. building, ha ha yeah. ha. And I go back there and I pick up this dough and I start pounding it out. I'm just it, fast as hell. I'm throwing it in the air, spinning in circles and shit. And people in this place start gathering around because they think I'm hosting a cooking class now. <laughs> and so, pe- and there's like a cookbook that's like, all, all of these are like from a cookbook. It's like propped up. They're like trying to sell the cookbook. Yeah. And they're all just like, there he is. They think I'm Chris Biancho or whatever the fuck his name was. And they think I'm there like hosting a cooking class. So a bunch of people are just like, ooh, ah, make me one. Nice. That's, my, that's, that's my, awesome. Yeah. Right, way, to, like, way to get some, uh, some, uh, cred with your uh, with your team or my whatever. team yeah, yeah they didn't so know they, nobody cool. knew so yeah, yeah. well i don't know i thought i felt cool so yeah. anyways let's uh let's do some stuff so let's, so we got a lot to talk about tonight even though we don't have a match this weekend so. i know right we're so doing a, we're what doing are we doing tonight tell us so so yeah so we'll, we're gonna spend as little time as possible talking about that debacle on saturday that's fair um we got a bunch of united news because of course it's uh, deadline day so we are going to be literally the last line of defense if there's a deadline thing that happens between now and Basically, uh, 10 p.m. Central Time. We will be the first to scoop it for y'all um, <laughs> here on the podcast. Yeah, we got Jeff so, Reuter on the line. Got a bunch of stuff there. Um, yeah, we should have got Reuter in today. Whatever. Uh, then we're gonna actually do, we're gonna try and spend 10 minutes on EPL, do an EPL preview. Um, we'll see how it goes. There's 20 teams in the EPL. That's uh, that's like 30 seconds per team. So let's see if we can do that. Might be a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, we'll talk a little bit about the EPL. We'll you know each team uh, hot best like probably their best 
best uh, best case scenario, worst case scenario, uh, and then uh, our top four relegation surprise teams, things like that. And yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna get too stuff. deep and oh, be yeah, like, no, no, no. this team is gonna finish sixth, or I'm gonna stake my child's college education. It's just gonna be like this is as good as they're gonna get. This is as bad as they're yep, gonna get. Those yep. are the pictures. So if you don't like the EPL, you can probably skip about uh, you know that's about probably halfway through the episode, and we'll do our all of our regular stuff, uh, all the regular Dave's you know things we got. We got a few questions. Uh, so yeah, so let's uh, let's jump into it, man. Totally. So let's think about the game that uh, that, that actually happened. I'm told, uh, and we're talking about Seattle visiting. And so we got to start with this. We always do best moment of the game against the Seattle Sounders. Um, I mean, for me, the like very first part of the game, like the very first like like five minutes or so. Actually, the team. Was play, seemed to be playing well. They had a couple of near misses. The crowd was super into it early on. That was great. It was the second largest crowd, home crowd ever behind that uh, Atlanta, uh, the home opener. Um, so the crowd was super into it. It was great. It was a really good atmosphere. That was the best moment of the game because after about seven minutes, everything went to shit. So, Do you think there's an inverse relationship uh, between the number of fans in the stands and our performance on the field? No, because we had our third largest crowd ever uh Last week, and we beat DC United. DC, okay, all right, fair. I mean, enough. it's DC United, so I've, I've, maybe that's an outlier. You've proven me wrong. <laughs> all right. Uh, my, Anyways, so, what about so you? My, my thought is, um, I thought that, and this is such a relative thing, but um, I thought Nicholson and Dunlady had relatively good games. I thought they showed pretty well. Um, uh, I, you know, my heart is still in and out with Nicholson. I, I think he got brought in to be a squad player, and I think he's played all right. Um, early on, I think Nicholson. Uh, I keep wanting to call him Nicholas, like it's Nicholas. golf or something. Um, um, Nicholson uh, s- set up Dunlady here real early on uh, with a really great dribble at some guys and got around him. And so I, I like to see a little bit of that te- that technique. I figured him for speed and figure him for a dribbler. I think he could be better at that than we thought. So it's really just a minor moment of uh, of freeing up Dunlady here. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing came of it, obviously, but uh, yeah, I think we could have something better than we thought in Nicholson. That's cool. Yeah, that'd be good. So. Maybe an easier question to answer. Maybe a harder question to answer. What was the worst moment of the game? Uh, well, to be perfectly honest, I only saw about 50 minutes, 55 minutes, 60 minutes of this game. Um, we had to leave at halftime for uh, unrelated reasons. Um, and I caught the last, like, 10 minutes at uh, my house. So I only saw basically throughout the first half. Um, and then put it, re-watching uh, watching the uh, United States Soccer Federation Twitter account posted all the replays of all the – Jordan Morris and Clint Dempsey goals on Twitter on Monday, of which, they is, did, yeah. which was super awesome. And watching uh, Matt Doyle break down the uh, the two v five where uh, Boxel and Calvo got absolutely worked by Clint Dempsey. Um, Dempsey slotted home a just a ridiculously great pass to Will Bruin, who uh, put it past uh, put it past Bobby Shuttleworth. Um, that was just a fucking nail, like really hurt. And you could tell from that from like from that point on, Minnesota was not on the same pitch as all as Seattle Sounders. Right. So for me, that was the worst moment of the game because it was really basically like, we thought we had a chance. We had a couple early chances, and then they just did that. 2v5, and you're like, oh, we have no fucking chance. Yeah, you know, uh, another thing Doyle said separately is that he, he doesn't think a 2v5 should automatically be deadly. But, uh, <laughs> but it's Minnesota But he's, he's watched Seattle. enough Minnesota, yeah. yeah. Um, so 
Yeah, that moment stands out. I'm thinking of another moment because I mostly didn't want to repeat your moment. There's enough moments to go around. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking of a Will Bruin chance that he actually missed early on uh, uh, when he was on the far post. He got a great pass in from Jordan Morris. Joe totally lost his man and did not even make any haste to catch up. So he had nothing but room there. It was a great example of Joe really just not being the left back that we need and also uh, of how poor we can be defending as a team because we're not we're not catching those moments. We're not filling in where you um, you know, when one guy fucks up on a team, a lot of times there's opportunity for, for other people to, to uh, step up or make a, a dramatic save. But we're not in a position, uh, positionally, to, to do that. And we didn't. And uh, watching Calvo turn around and look at uh, Joe and be like, what in the fuck just happened? It's partly because we don't have enough good defenders, which I'm really glad we brought in a bunch of defenders uh, in the course of the last couple of days. Oh, Wait. Let's get to the news when we get to the yeah. news. What for you was your most what the fuck moment? You know, I didn't really have anything here just because there wasn't, for me, nothing really stood out. You know, you, I'll uh, I'll defer to you for your for your point because that's probably the most that was probably the biggest one. Um, but I mean, this we never really actually seemed to be in this game other than like that first like five minutes before the before the first Seattle goal. And so I think we came out okay in the second half. I I, I, I guess I, yeah, I didn't see the second half. Okay, so. there you go. Yeah, yeah I so. mean it was the same thing. You know, we came out early in the second half, and I don't think anybody thought that we were going to come back and make it three to two. But you know, it was like okay, we made some adjustments. We're looking, uh, you know, a little bit more, a little bit better in the attack yeah. with some good chances. Well, I, I mean, same I, thing I, unfolded. I agree with you in the outline here. So why don't you talk about your most what the fuck moment of the game? Yeah, yeah. Uh, mine is maybe the most obvious for a lot of fans and that would be the Dunlady offside uh, early on the first offside or the second offside the, the, the one well the the, v, the one where the VAR was the question and stuff like that so uh, uh, Dunlady actually did continue on and, and uh, shot it on goal probably thinking well he wanted it to be reviewable or whatever but um, anyway so so he was onside the the um, the footage I think showed well enough that he was onside for me but they uh, couldn't they couldn't review that one though right because because the referee put the flag up yeah, that's that's right so and because of the timing and with which he put the flag up and uh, is that, i mean that's part of what's what the fuck about yeah. it and, I, and i'm not going to rehash um, which again which is why I'm, I, I agree with you on that one so yeah yeah I mean, that, that was a big part of it the the, the the thing for me you can miss a call as a referee there's a million things going on the lines are tight it's tough to catch something that minute that's fair but i know that they're supposed to err on the side of the attacker if it's close you give it to the attacker and let the play kind of unfold and so so the choice especially knowing that you hinder the ability to get yourself a replay on var to air conservative and say no we're going to blow the whistle it's all the things that go into that choice that uh, uh, makes it confusing to me it makes it kind of a what the fuck moment you're not going to be surprised that leads exactly into the official scorecard for me that was the big play for me that said you can get a call wrong it's hard to see but the 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 logic behind calling it the way that they did I think was flawed um, uh, plus a couple of calls I remember Ibarra uh, you could see it on camera you didn't get to see it but on camera you can see the way I think he said you've got to be fucking kidding me <laughs> like you clearly see it yeah so yeah some referee moments probably C minus for me too yeah I mean I, I agree with you there um, I, the, there was a really great piece on fifty five one on I believe it was on Monday about VAR and all that yep. uh, written by an uh, actual referee which is great. I appreciate that. I appreciate like pieces like that, which is why like fifty five you know fifty five one is a great site. Actually, get some like really good content like that. That's not necessarily Minnesota specific focus, but yeah. talks about soccer generally. Um, that's funny that or that's I, I, and he also mentioned in that article that yeah you should defer to the, to the side of the attacker. Um, I don't think that's necessarily always the case. I mean, in I mean I was, I was an umpire for in, for baseball for many years. I umpired um, 
uh, high school, college, like division three, division two baseball games. And there, there's that old adage, the tie goes to the runner. Uh, and actually, that's not in the rule book. Um, there are no ties. Uh, someone is, right, you know, and so that's more of a you, conventional. You, and so uh, I think it's, it might be even the it. same thing. Like, oh, you, we should defer to the attack if it's if it's super close, razor thin. You mm -hmm. should defer to the attack. I don't. That's, that's not a written rule. I don't believe. I mean, I could be could be mistaken, but and that's like sort of an interpretation of the rule. What? That's a really good question. Let me let me talk to Doug because I don't know if that's a, like a formally codified. Yeah, thing I don't. Or if it's I, would, I would. It would. It would surprise me if it was. Honestly, with with I'm you know the tie, tie right going to the runner thing, bullshit. Okay. Um, so that's a good question, but. More importantly, with uh, with VAR, with uh, the, the, that tool now, and maybe it's going to take some time for referees to trust that they're not going to get you know they're not going to get sort of raked over the coals by VAR, that they will defer a little bit more. And I don't necessarily understand how that affects their job performance and their and their reviews. Like if they are consistently getting calls overturned by VAR, are they going to be you know be given less uh, uh, MLS games or less you know higher level games? So. You know, and if in that in this particular circumstance that we talked about, you raise the flag, it's not a reviewable call. Sure. Um, I mean, again, that does not look good when they look at back at the replay and like, oh yeah, that was that he was onside. You should have you should have mm -hmm. left it, let it go. Anyways, I'm with you basically, but I think that well, you mentioned about the the you know deferring to the attack in a in a you know razor thin could go either way. Um, I think that's interesting. That was interesting. And, again, I just brought up that old edge of baseball. The tie always goes to the runner. It's like yep. there are no ties. So, you know, so will someone, you know, either the ball gets there first or the, the foot gets there first. Right. And it's up to Sometimes the umpire make tough calls. to make it. Yeah, and, it's, and they are very tough. And, you know, we rag on the referees a lot. And I don't think uh, – I think the these referees got some uh, – Verbal abuse, from what I understand. Again, I wasn't at the game. That, you know, and referees always <laughs> get that, and it's whatever. It's it's. Uh, I, but again, that until you do that job, you don't understand. And right. I've never been a, a soccer rec referee, but I've refereed uh, hockey and baseball, and I understand uh, how fucking tough that job is. You well, know, and, and after the performance that they put out there, like, how are you? <laughs> Yeah. That yeah. is your. That's your. That's grievance. what happened. That's yeah. your grievance. We were so, so. close. If only the refs would have done better. Yeah. yeah, we keep talking about uh, Damn it. <laughs> shit. So, um, so okay, moving on. Yeah, let's do uh, the, the the award for the next Freddie Adu for the star of the game. We should call what this. We should call this. Yeah, the, we'll keep this one. No, we'll, we should call this one the Frank Adu star of the game, and the, the Frank other one, Adu. Freddie Adu. All right, Frank Adu <laughs> star, Frank of, the Adu star of the game. Yeah. Obviously, Clint Dempsey uh, had a. Baller night, two goals. Uh, that assist, again, that like harkening back to the opening part of the podcast, that assist on that first goal was a thing of beauty. He made uh, like Calvo and Boxo both bit hard, and he just uh, laid that ball up to Will Bruin. So he's my star of the game. It's pretty easy. Yeah, D Dempsey obviously had a really good game, uh, and if you had him on your fantasy team, then you did pretty well. Obviously, yeah. um, I'm gonna secretly give it to Jordan Morris. Uh, okay. I, 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 I thought he was terrorizing the wing there. It's cool to get see him getting a start. They picked a good game to give him a start, you know. Um, and, and, and I think he enabled a lot of the success that they had, even if other guys were, were getting on the score sheet more because of it. So I like Jordan Morris. I don't like him, but, you know, he had a good fucking game. Um, the, the, the Frederick Adu Award for the shittiest player of the game, nay, all time. <laughs> Who gets that? Um, sorry, I was looking at other stuff. Uh... <laughs> Thanks for being attentive. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it was a really shitty game. Um, <laughs> so, Shades play the game. This could go to basically almost anybody on the pitch but for 
uh, Nicholson and Delati, I think, honestly. I think, and this has been a, a regular uh, issue with our team that we haven't really we haven't really talked about too much on the podcast, but our set-piece defense, uh, and that no, we, it's just been We abs- haven't, but it's terrible. Absolutely, and it's... This is a well, our set piece offense too. We set piece offense, but specifically talking about set piece defense here has yeah. been particularly bad. We can talk about set piece offense later when Ibsen and all that. Uh, but our set piece defense again has just been atrocious all year, particularly bad. Just complete utter breakdowns. Um, doesn't matter who's on the pitch, whether it's Demidoff or Boxel or Calvo or Calm. I mean, it's all of them. It just have, it's just, it's a huge mental gap and. It seems to me when I see that happen game after game after game and it's different people rotated into the squad, it seems to me that that is, might be a, uh, a higher-up problem. So, I feel, so yeah, I feel like there's some... Um, I've been cautious to just throw blame where I, where I don't feel comfortable assigning it, or, or at least I'm not knowledgeable enough to assign it. That said, th- this I really do believe uh, falls on coaching and tactics. I, you know, it's, the thing is, I think we have the talent to jump in the air and stand in a dude's way. Uh, honestly, we have the talent to mark a guy, too, even though sometimes we drop our marks. I think when we drop our marks, it's because there are set-piece offenses we're against where there's a play. There's clearly a training ground play that you can see unfolding, picks being set, stuff like that. And as soon as there's something intentional like that, we have no idea how to react to it. And that, to me, comes down to tactics and training. You can prepare for those kind of set-piece uh, moves the other team is going to make. We can come up with some of our own. We can do clever shit. I guess maybe if we had somebody who could send in, you know, pinpoint <laughs> balls on a dead ball situation, but um, that to me maybe. comes down to guys like Heath and, and, and his uh, his team. So. Yeah, I didn't answer my I didn't answer my uh, Freddie Adu for the shittiest player. I'm, I'm gonna give it to Boxall. Look like look like he didn't belong out there. Look like he didn't belong in uh, fucking South African league. To be honest with you, uh, I hope he writes the ship. He was brought in as backup, as near as I can tell. He was a depth dude. That said. What's the deal with Coleman then? I think he I, he was. I feel like he was injured last game. Like he was out, like for, with with an injury. I don't know what. I, I looked at a lot of places because I put together the the previews each week for fifty five one. I didn't find anything that had indicated that he was injured. I, you know, really? if I was wrong, I was I, wrong. But I thought I I thought I heard somewhere because I brought the uh, I brought the Coleman Thor flag to the match and I actually wore my Coleman jersey, yeah. knowing that he wasn't playing because he like he was he had been ruled out or okay. saw something anyway. Anyways, okay, I. I hope he's out because if he is not hurt and Boxo is starting over him now, that's a he's, he's healthy enough to be on the bench. That's a bad sign. So yeah, yeah. huge. I mean, I can well, join the Heath what's fan be, what's Heath be fair, bandwagon. Then. Heath probably just didn't want to have uh, a bunch of assholes like us yelling at him for only having uh, four or five players on the bench. So he just put so he just on put any human soul he, uh, on the bench. Yeah, because yeah. he's like, oh, I'm never gonna play him, but if at least I put him yeah, on the bench, I'll have on, yeah. I'll, I'll a full 18. So <laughs> I mean, I. Honestly, I, th- I wouldn't put that past him at this point. Oh, man. So, We still need to have that Heath out debate. I think we got to schedule that. <laughs> okay. Let's, uh, let's, let's leave that game. I don't ever want to talk about it again until uh, we have to talk about it again next week. Um, and let's move on to other United news. I'm going to let you break a little bit Ooh. of this, but let's start with... Um, we got a lot. Yeah, let's, let's just talk about signing stuff. That's the stuff that people care about. Signings and rumors, so what's first? Well, literally, uh, as of about... Seven minutes ago, at like 9:05, uh, Jeff Reuter confirmed his uh, report from yesterday, uh, Tuesday, that uh, Minnesota signed uh, the Costa Rican international uh, left mid slash left back Jose Leton, uh, who's 24 years old. Um, he's a midfielder for Herediano uh, in Costa Rica. He got his uh, 
Costa Rica in his Tico's uh, uh, debut uh, against uh, the U.S. actually in the uh, in the Gold Cup semifinals. So that's interesting. Um, mining the uh, mining the Tico's, mining Costa Rica yeah. for another player who ostensibly is a midfielder, but probably looks like he's going to slide into the left back position for Minnesota United. So okay. I don't know. I, do you know anything about this kid? I, I, I'd read he could play either, so I wouldn't read too much in the midfield mm. thing, uh, regardless of what his position looks like it is right now. Um, there's left back talent out there. It's hard to find center backs. Very hard to find center backs in this world, but there are fullbacks. Yeah. And uh, do we have to have somebody who's a converted midfielder? What you know? I don't know. Let's let's see Another the guy play. Another international spot. I mean, I know there's there's fullbacks out there that are uh, that are. Americans. Well, so. it, well I've, I've been talking about <laughs> mining domestic talent yeah. how long every single week. but um, So I don't know. I don't know enough about the guy to say he's going to be good. He's gonna, nobody does because playing for Iridiano in Costa Rica, you can't compare that to what is he going to pan out talent-wise no, here. of course But, not. you know, we've seen, uh, you know, Saprisa was where uh, Calvo was playing, and Calvo's been one of our best players. So yeah. let's see what happens. Um, we got way more news. I need I need to talk less and listen more. Yep. So, uh we also signed Alex Cap as a third keeper. Um, he was drafted by Atlanta. Uh, that's mostly depth. He's a young kid. Um, he'll get to work with Marcus uh, Marius Rovda, uh, who's been as best what we He's can the tell. Goalkeeper whisperer. A hell of a goalkeeping coach, both not just here but uh, in other stints in MLS. Mm-hmm. So that should be good. Um, always good to have a uh, another young kid in the uh, in the squad. Mm-hmm. Um, in uh, and Minnesota actually probably I haven't looked at all the transfers for MLS, but Minnesota's probably. In terms of quantity, probably the busiest pretty team active, yeah. in MLS all year uh, in the in the transfer window. Yeah. Um, in uh, people going out, uh, not Basham Kadri, at least not yet. Uh, oh, yeah. Rasmus Schuler, though, was loaned back to Finland Finnish club HJ Helsinki, uh, who are currently in first place in the Finnish league. Um, he'll no, he's, not for long. No, he's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. He'll be back with Minnesota next uh, next year. Was there um, an option to buy there on that loan, or there uh, often is? He, he, no, I think we we bought him. I don't know if there was an option to buy for the for Helsinki. Um, it was not. Uh, I did not see that any of the uh, any of the tweets or anything like that. But uh, he'll get some playing time. He was not getting any playing time with Minnesota and with all the wingers and midfielders we brought in. Yeah. He wasn't going to see the pitch in Minnesota. So good on him. Get some playing time. Get his legs back underneath him. Come yep. back. And uh, it seems like a good enough do. dude. I I don't think he really panned out for us. Some people think he, he deserved more of a chance. Maybe I don't know, but uh, you know I hope I hope the best for him. Yeah. Whatever happens. So uh, probably the can uh, I interrupt before you get your yeah, next go because for it. you're gonna get into the good stuff. Yeah. Um, Doug, the referee who wrote that piece yeah. for Fifty Five One, he got back to me. He says conventional practice when we're okay. talking about the tie going to the runner, so to speak. Um, he says that the offside position is a firm black and white decision. It's really just conventional practice. Okay, so, so yeah, so it's it's mostly just like uh, tie goes to the rider. That's yep. like the okay, cool, good to know. There you go. Uh, all right, so the big stuff that just happened uh, this year or today and yesterday, uh, we spent some tam and gam, and we got uh, we got our Minnesota boy Ethan Finlay from Columbus yeah. Crew. Uh, about four hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, I think, was the final amount uh, of combination of tam and gam for this year and next year um he's uh that's probably the biggest signing we've had um yeah maybe yeah i mean in terms of minnesotans outside of like ramirez people uh, M- M- know molino was a big deal when molino, we got yes molino, that's true yeah. yep yeah that's true but yeah he should slot in in the midfield again with another midfielder um what do we think about Did what do you think about ethan finley so uh, i wrote a big long reddit post <laughs> 
um, which which basically said, I, I think oh, fuck you. <laughs> I think I think that when you're in a panic is the wrong time to break the piggy bank because you make a, a you're unstable and things are going to change. What you know why invest in players that Heath wants if you're going to eventually get rid of Heath if that could be a you know an option that they want to exercise stuff like that. So um, uh, that that we did splash a lot of money on him. Um, it's interesting. He he's clearly going to add to the team. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt that he's going to be better than just about you know 85% of the other options that we have. Um, I'm not sure if the club in the front office realizes that TAM and GAM is actually something you, you can use to pay salaries <laughs> down. It's not just a tradable commodity. So so people who are excited about this, uh, forget the glut of left wingers. I get that's not great, you know. But pretend he's any position you want. Um, it sounds good because we're adding a, a really good squad reinforcement. That sounds fine. Um, that and, and we're kind of opening the pocketbook in a sense, but think long term. Are we leveraging all of the tools we have to get better players tomorrow for the sake of getting a player who can just bail water out of a ship faster today? Uh, we're not going to, you know, as near as I can tell, we're not going to have a lot of TAM and GAM. So if you're looking for TAM level players, what are you going to pay them with? Well, I mean, I guess the one sort of the, the one pushback maybe from somebody in the front office might be. Well, we don't have any DPs yet, so we can actually go and sign maybe some of those players that you would maybe consider with Tamingham to pay down their salary as a DP. Right, if right. If, if that is their plan. Now, we've, we don't know. Um, I'm skeptical and until we see them actually sign a DP. Well, uh, we have all the right in the world to be skeptical, but that is one, that's one, what's, that's one logical argument as to why right. you might be willing to trade away this TAM. Also, it sounds like with the Adidas deal that there's going to be an influx of TAM into the league as well um, at a relatively substantial level starting as early as next year. So yeah, that's they, also part uh, of it. Surely they know more than, than we do, but you know, if, if, that's not, if, that's not, if that's not enough to make the difference, then, then what you've suggested is kind of an MLS 2.5 level, you know, where you've got, maybe, you've got however many DPs. They've said you know, one or two. You've got two players that are elite, and then you don't have any way to get really talented next-level players. Yeah. You're dropping down to Ibarra, and that's a huge gulf of yeah. uh, talent if you don't have any TAM. So let's see how it plays out and talk about it all night. Let's yeah. talk about the other news. Um, so the other like basically kind of signing that's been rumored um, is uh, Matthew Flamini, uh, formerly of Arsenal, is a free agent. Um, he is a... Uh, He's a couple years younger than I am, so that's not a, that's not a good sign. He's 33. Um, he is a uh, uh, yeah. He said he uh, grew up in. He's a French. Grew, uh, played with Marseille uh, and Arsenal. Um, he's been rumored to uh, MLS, uh, Minnesota specifically, as well as a couple other teams. Um, he's a free agent, so even if the transfer window closes, he could actually still be signed uh, later. So he's kind of that's wide open, and that is something that. Uh, all the Arsenal fanboys in Minnesota United's uh, uh, team <laughs> uh, fan base would uh, lose their absolute shit for Matthew Flamini. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about any of this other stuff? Uh, the only other thing I want to talk about, and this is actually is in relations to uh, transfers, is that a, uh, a relatively high-profile MLS agent uh, went after Manny Lagos uh, and the New England Revolution uh, front office, um, basically saying that he messaged... Minnesota United as well as the Revolution twice, you know, asking uh, you know all of the players, and this is uh, Ron Waxman is the uh, is the agent, and uh, who they wanted, what their players were thinking for the transfer window, messaged them twice, and literally got nothing in response. That's 
discouraging nah, I, thing to hear. I didn't give a shit. I mean, that, I, that, that, that's that's his job as an agent, right? Like he's he's trying to sell his dudes, and I, I, I they've got a plan. Clearly, they brought in a ton of these players now. So now, after the fact, we know they had a bunch of irons in the fire. They, they, so they already had a plan. So of course, he's true. not necessarily going to shout. And third yeah. of all, it's always an agent's job to, to to pump and hype their dudes. And then if that doesn't pan out. That's a classic agent move to do. Yeah. Then you turn you and, and then you you start a riot about that decision. Now you're putting uh, different kinds of pressure on the front office in a sideways way. It's classic agent bullshit. Um, That's whatever. true. But also, I'm also it's like this is a guy who's not just he's not representing like, you know, two or three scrubs. At the no, bottom he's, of he's the, a big he's dude. Re- yeah. he's, re- he's representing quite and and there's not a ton of uh, MLS agents, you know, of domestic players here in the U.S. Right, like. You know, and with agents, there's just not a ton. Like they represent a bunch of people, so they have a. It's not just the maybe the people that he has right now. Mm-hmm. It's people he's going to be representing in the future. People that sure. might be coming out of the uh, the Adidas, the generation Adidas contracts. Uh, you know, it's just there's a whole mess of. It's not just to to not return a message. And again, so this is only one side. We're not hearing Manny. We haven't heard Manny's side. Right. So, but to not if if that's is true. And again, with the caveat that I don't know if it's true or not. We've only heard the agent side. If it's true and he's just he's did not return a message. At least to say, hey, you know, thanks for checking in. Uh, you know, we're not really interested we're in good, your dudes yeah. right now, but uh, we'd yeah. love to, you know, stay in contact or hear, you know, hear the people that we might be interested, in, you know, in the in the winter. Right. If he didn't do anything, he just did not return any message whatsoever. That's just really that's really dis- like, disconcerting. And yeah. based on what we've seen from this front office, does not would not be terribly surprising, which is. Yeah, state of affairs. It's a, it's a fair point that that he could at least be, and ma- again, maybe they are. I don't know. Yeah. But doing the work to uh, build networking and, and relationships so that yeah, let's respond to the dude. Let's add him to the stable. Let's you know, um, let's keep in touch. Yeah. Not right now, but let's keep in touch. Yeah. yeah but so. again, like I said, it's a, it's part of an agent's job to inflate that shit and, and cause a riot about it. So yeah. I don't know. There's too too many uh, too much salt to take with that. Again, yeah. Again, like I said, it's we only see we only heard the agent side, and you're right. Yeah. You're 100 right. He wants to represent his yeah. a, his the, players' best interests. We're the voice of reason yeah. on this planet. Yeah, Fucking yeah. calm, calculated <laughs> reason over here on this. So, so all right, let's uh, <laughs> yeah, let's do other stuff. We don't want to talk about any of the, of the other bullshit that happened. Um, so let's jump in. Uh, we're EPL, talk about the English Premier League. Yeah, that's the uh, first thing. That's what EPL stands for. Yeah, we're teaching we're uh, teaching people all kinds of shit tonight. Exactly. Yeah. So if you haven't figured out, uh, we haven't really talked about our, our favorite team, our favorite EPL team, Liverpool, in a while. Uh, but the Daves are Liverpool fans. Um, yep. We have uh, other uh, other player, other uh, people in our stable of uh, writers are fans of other teams in the uh, in the English Premier League as well as around the mm-hmm. world. Um, but Which is why they're not uh, managing editors of the site. <laughs> exactly. They're just fucking peons. Exactly. Uh, so we're going to talk about the EPL very quickly. We're going to just go over a few. I think we each got like about a bullet point uh, yep. about each team. Every team. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about So nothing in depth. Uh, if you want to read more in-depth stuff, uh, the, actually, NBC Sports, doc, the, the soccer uh, side of that, actually has really good uh, breakdowns of the best possible 11 for the rosters. This is all, again, with the caveat of... of Stuff that's happened as of eight nine at nine twenty. Right when, Fili- when Philippe Coutinho uh, gets yeah, fucking Coutinho offloaded, we're just gonna change. Yeah, we haven't we haven't uh, Liverpool hasn't swooped <laughs> in for Virgil Van Dijk yet. So yeah, yeah. With all that caveat, what's uh what's what's just let's blow through these alphabetically, starting at the top. Excellent. As you are want to do. Yep. Um, and the first team uh, is uh, Bournemouth, AFC Bournemouth. Uh, so yeah, what's uh I'll start off. What's yeah, say, give me your high low. So yeah, the Cherries, uh, they had a rough go of it in their second season in the EPL. Uh, they were fighting relegation most of the year. Uh, they brought in Begovic from Chelsea, which is a, he's a great goalkeeper. Yep. Um, Defoe, 
Uh, it's great. He came from Sunderland. Um, <laughs> I thought that was Willem Dafoe. No, Willem Dafoe. Okay, Jermaine Dafoe from yeah. Sunderland, uh, who mag- like magically like reinvigorated his career back in Sunderland. So we'll see. I mean, best case scenario, Bournemouth challenges for uh, you know challenges for eighth. You know, solid mid table. Worst case, they're in a relegation battle again for me. Right, I've got them about the same. Uh, I've got them. Uh, their high would be about eighth place. I think their low would be about twelfth. I, so I, I don't. I don't think they're going to dip below that with the other the other teams that are out there. Basically, a couple of good signings. Uh, importantly, they held on to their good guys, which I think is huge. I think that for at least part of the season, they could be in a battle for a European spot. I don't think they'll maintain that over the course of the season, though. And one thing we should actually point out is. Um, the new TV contract kicked in for the EPL this year. Yeah, so good luck. all of these teams have a shit ton of money to spend, um, which yeah, will be very important absolutely. when we get to one team uh, in particular. Um, so they have a ton of money. So, which, so you're seeing a lot of the teams like the Bournemouth, like the Sunderlands, um, like the Crystal Palaces, like actually holding on to their players mm-hmm. and not having to sell them yeah. because they can they can actually pay the wages. And actually, mm-hmm. not only that, but buying players from mm-hmm. the likes of Italy, and uh, the Spanish leagues, that's not Barcelona, Atletico, or Real. EPL um, has fallen off the last few years compared to some of the other top teams in the top leagues, and uh, hopefully this helps it. They got a, they have a yeah, shit ton of money. So, yeah, all right, Arsenal's next. Yep. Uh, so, worst finish in Arsene Wegger's tenure as Gaffer uh, last year. They finished fifth. Uh, Lassazetti's in. He scored in the Community Shield last weekend, which is great. Um, Ox is still probably on his way out, as well as yep. Sanchez, I would imagine. Um, and they have Europa League, which is a whole other challenge than Champions League. Um, so for me, um, high this year is they finish in the top four, get back in the Champions League. Low, they could finish as low as uh, sixth, I think. So, yeah. I, I basically shifted one slot down. They're high as two. They don't win. They're not going to win the league. They can't. Certainly not under our same Uh Low is about seventh. I think yeah. they can finish outside of the European I don't, spots, I think there's, too. I think there's three teams Four teams that can win the league this year. I don't think uh, Arsenal's, Arsenal's one not one of them. No, no I, don't I think, think so. I think the best they could do is top four, and, and it's probably fourth place. I, I could cover some of the same players you talked about. Yeah. You know, um, the, the 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 futures of Ozil and uh, Alexi Sanchez are up in there. For me, it is hilarious when when Wenger signed an, a new two year deal. I almost shit myself laughing. I couldn't even believe it. <laughs> yeah, like, no, I, I, Was there anybody on earth who thought that he was going to continue coaching? Um, I didn't believe it for a second. I mean, you ask you ask any Arsenal fan now, and they will say yes, absolutely, because oh, they're cr- fucking Arsenal yeah, fans. they know. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. All right. Let's, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, Brighton and Hove Albion. They are back in the top flight for the first time since 1983. So they haven't been in here in, since the uh, the actual new Premier Premiership era. Yep. Um, they're just trying to stick around. Best case is they're not fighting relegation for the entire year. Uh, worst case is they're they are not any, not even <laughs> a hint of safety at all from the get go. So. Um, they're probably going down. Yeah, I've, I've got them tops at uh, 15th place. That's, that's a healthy finish. And, yeah, and I say that, that because be- I think that they've got the experience to succeed out of the gate more than maybe some of the other promoted clubs and stuff. Worst, uh, worst for them, I've got 20th place. I think that's that's certainly uh, you know, <laughs> on the table for them. But yeah. I like the fact that they've got some known quantities, uh, so we'll, we'll see if that helps them out. Sure. Let's see. we got Burnley up next. Uh, they're up. They're, they stayed up. Uh, which is the first time they've done it in modern history in the in the uh, it's good to have premiership. Goals. Yeah, so yeah. they, however, did sell uh, probably their best player, uh, Roy Keane, to Everton for over 30 million euros, which is great. Um, so best case scenario for me is that they are just above relegation all year. Worst case, again, they're they're relegated, and that's a very real possibility for them. Yeah, I d- so I've got a high of 16th. 
like barely escaping relegation that's, and, that's and two a low spots of above relegation. Yeah, yeah, and a low <laughs> of twenty. They, I don't think they're going to escape that. I don't think they've added enough pieces to have any confidence that they're going to repeat what they did last year, <laughs> which yeah. they didn't do that much. But well, they. I, they stole points against Liverpool when they just fucking parked the bus for That's, 88 minutes. That is hardly a miracle yeah. against Liverpool the last five, six, seven, eight years. All right, let's talk about Chelsea, your defending champs. Um, they didn't have to play in Europe last year. Now they have to play in Europe. So can they do that with only 15 players? Because they only play like 15 players. Right. Um, they bring it. They bring in Alvaro, Alvaro, Alvaro Morata from uh, Real Madrid. He did score on Sunday in the uh, Community Shield as well. Um, for me, best case is a double. Um, worst case is they might fall down uh, sixth or seventh in the league. Probably not that seventh, low. sixth. I think sixth would be the worst case scenario for okay. them. Um, and Antonio Conte does not seem long for uh, for the island uh, to me. So you don't think so? I think he's probably out of here after this year. Whether matter what they do that's, I think that's a common yeah. thing for managers that are your that aren't english it was it was even successful ones that yeah was fleeting it was rumored last year that at the end of the year after the after the season after they won the, he was he was gonna leave and go back back to uh back to italy yeah, he'd so. been there one year had great success yeah. he was gonna fuck so off. i don't yeah. think he's long for i don't think he's long for the island mm-hmm. and i think uh i said best case is a double for them worst case is they finish right. you know fifth or sixth and maybe make europa next year so sure. I, I've got I've got their best best case scenario being first and their worst fourth. I don't think they finish outside of Champions League spots this year. Question for me is they they've lost Manja. I fucked up his name. <laughs> they've lost Matic. Matic. They've uh, they've lost Diego Costa, uh, and, and I don't think I don't think that they've done enough to replace that. So so I think they're gonna. I don't I don't see a repeat personally, um, but they're gonna make Champions League. I don't it's, have a doubt of it. It's hilarious that we're talking about Chelsea not, about not having depth because this is like the one team that has like. 60 players signed in their roster just like 40 of them are lent out to other teams yep yep that's and uh, and they and they play 15 players consistently that's it so yep. and that was that was like that was how they were doing it on marino too so mm-hmm. you know maybe it's about those you know so, portuguese italian swarthy uh swarthy managers <laughs> i love a good swarthy manager yeah. Uh, Crystal Palace whom do you got yeah so uh, i don't know why i said who do you got it's uh, crystal palace yeah sam Allardyce, uh big sam kept him up um Frank DeBoer is going to try and keep them alive this year. I think actually that's uh, probably uh, might be a tough errand for them. Uh, Zaha and Benteke will score goals, but again, I think for me, like best case is this team is des- I mean, best case for this scenario, this team is probably you know around that 14th, 15th. Um, probably uh, worst case is obviously relegation battle, and I'm leaning towards relegation battle. <laughs> this is one of the hardest teams for me to figure out. I know, so, right? High, 10th. Yeah, I said fucking tenth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they've got Christian Benteke. Um, they, you know, they added a Netherlands dude, uh, Riedewald. I'm not going to pronounce his name correctly. Yeah. I'm certain of that. Uh, they got a sexy new coach with uh, with high top level European experience. So uh, I the think they can improve on last year's 14th. Seaman can't really defend though. That's and why. That's why my low is 17th. And I, that's, I, I don't think they get really. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like with uh, if Benteke doesn't score, or he gets he gets cold. This I you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's hard to figure out, but I, I've got him as high as tenth. All right. Could no. be a cool year for him. Good to know. Um, the Evertonians. Evertonians, the uh, blue side of uh, Liverpool and uh, the Merseyside derby. So Lukaku's out, obviously. Uh, Wayne Rooney's out. Uh, and they get but they still have Ronald Coleman, who's been. Worked uh, some magic with them last year. They said Ronald Goldman. Yeah, no, Ronald, not Ronald. like the fucking yeah, not uh, Nicole Brown, not, Simpson's not Nicole Brown Simpson's dad. Um, that would be hilarious. 
like that big bushy mustache, like <laughs> managing Everton, like walking up and down at Goodison Park. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> um, so for me, best case scenario, if everything happened perfectly, if there were some injuries with uh, our top four, I think we, um, they could get challenged for the top four. Um, this is a very good team, coached by or managed by a, a very good manager. Um, however, they're not. That's not going to happen. I mean, they could also uh, fall as far as ninth. Mm-hmm. I would actually, but you know, in terms of best case scenarios, actually, I would not be surprised if this team actually puts a little focus on Europa, like uh, Manchester sure. United did, and sure. makes a Europa run, and maybe tries to sneak in, sneak in that way uh, to uh, to Champions League. So yeah, a pretty similar call. I've got their high fifth. I don't see them in Champions League. Uh, I've got their lowest tenth. You know, competing with I don't know. Crystal Palace for 10th. Yeah. Uh, I'm way more exciting about like the signing of like Davy Klassen and Michael Keane than I am about them grabbing Wayne Rooney. I don't give a fuck about Wayne Rooney. Yeah. I was shocked to find out he was only 32 years old, though. Yeah, man. Dude, I, I'm 31 fucking years old. Tell I'm, me I don't look like Wayne Rooney. I'm 35, but I look, <laughs> I look better than Wayne you Rooney. You look way better than Wayne Rooney. <laughs> uh, so, you know what? You talk about Europa League. Maybe they put some uh, effort into that. For me, that's a distraction. That's just one more reason why they could fucking blow the league this year. So um, that's yeah. fair. I mean, I could see that. I mean, if, if you know, if they, I mean, I think they'll easily get obviously out of the group stage of Europa League. Um, and it, you know, you, you see where you are at that point, like where you are in the league, where you are right. uh, in Europa. If Decide where to put your where, eggs. yeah, where your eggs. Just like Marino did last year uh, for Manchester United, and it paid off. It paid off dividends for them. And <laughs> Europa's been in champ or. Uh, Everton's been in Champions League before in the last, yeah. you know, ten years, so it's like it's not like they could do it. And they actually now have a relatively, you know, relatively deeper squad than they've had in the past. So although although that almost every single English team uh, at this point now has a deeper squad than they did in the past. So yeah, that's true. I don't know. Don't give a shit. Everton sucks. All right. <laughs> you know who sucks? <laughs> Huddersfield Town. Uh, well. Let's not uh, let's not throw Huddersfield under the bus quite yet. Um, the bus that they are going to park all year. Yeah, that is probably true. Uh, first ever club uh, pr- promotion to EPL in club history. Um, they knocked off Reading and PKs in the championship final, which is great. Good for them. Uh, the cha- championship final to, to get to uh, to get to the uh, EPL. They have a German American manager, David Wagner. So that's cool. They got Danny Williams. They stole him from Reading. That's cool. You got some I'll, Americans. I'll watch for Danny Williams. Yeah, um, that's fine. So best case scenario is that they barely stay up, and they're probably not staying up. <laughs> so here, my high, 18th place. Yeah. My so worst, you, 20th so place. So you do not think they're staying up I'm at ba- all. I'm basically <laughs> betting the farm on them not even fucking so having put, a chance. Go to Vegas, put some money on it. I should do that. Um, I, you know what? They don't even have some of those intangible things that we get sometimes over-optimistic, you know, because you're trying to give a balanced, like, preview of the season. You're saying, like, well, this team's a big old hunk of human fecal matter, but uh, they got a lot of grit, or they got, like, a new manager who's good, or they have they play well as a unit. These guys, I don't see any of those obvious uh, bullshit things we tell ourselves. They suck, and they're not doing well. Sorry. That's fair. How about Leicester City? Leicester. Leicester City. Uh, good man. day, mate. Good day. So, best case scenario for them is a, uh, they make a cup run in either the uh, League Cup or the FA Cup, um, maybe get to a semifinal or something, and they finish mid-table. Worst case is they're in a relegation battle and selling off players like Mares and Vardy in the January window, and I think it might be more of the, the latter than the former. Well, here's my thought. High, eighth. 
low 14th. I think it's a solid mid-team table, mid-table team. I've fucked that phrase up before on this podcast. Yes, you have. Um, I don't know how to talk. Uh, here's my thought. If they hadn't won the league two years ago, which let's not even open up what can of worms, how crazy that was. If you just think of them as a team that was promoted two seasons ago and you would look at the trajectory they have right now, the players they have right now, you'd say, this is a team that was promoted two years ago and it's kind of doing well for themselves. They put together a nice little roster. If you think about it that way, I think that they actually have a good team going for them and they, they could have a good year this year. Um, uh, you know, obviously they steered clear relevation uh, last year, you know, relegation. Um, now I look, they have great signings like uh, Vicente Bora. Um, I think they got a good little roster this year for a team that should be where they are looking to be. All right. You're a little more optimistic on uh, Leicester City or Leicester City the than Leicesters, I am, so. yeah. All right. Let's talk about the team that matters. Uh, Liverpool. So, as you are well aware, as most of people who watch EPL are well aware, uh, inconsistency has been the name of the game for Liverpool. Um, they are, literally last year, they were the best in the league against the top six. And they were just absolute shit against the bottom Burnley, six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we so made a joke out of it last year about how, you know, we would basically run our predictions based on the team there. Yo, you're going to play fucking Huddersfield Town, great four to nothing loss, clearly. Yeah. You're going to play whatever. Uh, you're going to play Real Madrid, probably win five goals. Yeah. So what I've been able to watch of uh, Liverpool's preseason, it, they look, this team might score more goals than any other team in, in EPL history. They just they it's and if especially if you know Coutinho's barring sister. injuries, I mean I don't even, even if Coutinho leaves, I think really? the, with the the pieces that they have in place, I mean Lallana's out to start the season, which hurts. Um, but with Salah and Mane running, holy shit, man, those guys are fast as fuck. Yes, this team is going to score a lot of goals. This team has done nothing in defense uh, to shore up their defense, and I yeah. guess you know. Um, if you score four goals every game, you're going to win a lot of games. But if you, you know, if some team like Huddersfield Town yeah. parks the bus, you might only get, you know, one or zero goals. And uh, and I just we don't I don't trust this defense at all. Um, for me, uh, best case scenario for this team is that you know they're in the they're in the title hunt, you know, all the way to to April and, and you know early May. Uh, and you know, and then this team not. this team is actually. Uh, Weirdly, a lot of Liverpool teams in the last several years have been, like, weirdly uh, undermanned. Like, there's not a lot of depth. This team actually has some depth now, I think. And so I think they can manage the, uh, the multiple, multiple competitions. So best case, you know, for me is they're challenging for the league till the very end, and they make a, a run in the Champions League. Maybe you get to the quarterfinals. Maybe they get a good draw semifinals. But um, worst case scenario is that... Again, it kind of all goes to shit. Sané gets hurt. Uh, they sell Coutinho. They don't bring anybody in to replace him. Um, and they finish, like, fifth or sixth. So, first of all, you saying that they could make the semis of the Champions League is hilarious. I'm saying if everything me. broke right, a, a, the best-case scenario would that be That would be a, quite yeah. a best-case scenario, yeah. yeah. I don't see that happening at all. I, for me, they're high as second place. I don't think I don't think this is a title contender. And part of the reason is, is something you said is because I don't think they're well-rounded enough. Um, they're in, in, in when teams figure them out, they're not going to have the, the the flexibility to to solve around that. Uh, lowest is fifth, though. This is still okay. a really good team. They deserve Europe next year if all things pan out the way I think they should. Um, big question for me. You said a bunch of shit. I'm not going to repeat it. Big question for me is: Is Coutinho going to be here or not? Yeah, that's the difference between those two places. Yeah, talk yeah. about talking about 
set pieces. This team is fucking atrocious at defending set pieces. It'd be fun to watch Minnesota and Liverpool play each other just just taking set pieces. And well, no, it wouldn't like because it'd be, it'd be terrible for for us for Minnesota in terms of defending because we would not ever defend any of them. Uh, and we may or may not like. I guess who's taking the the set piece kick for Minnesota? Is it Ibsen or is it somebody else? <laughs> we need to stop throwing Ibsen. Okay. Jesus. All right. So Man City. Uh, this is the uh, other half of the Zellberg household uh, supports this team. They spent over 120 million euros on fullbacks, which is said there were fullbacks out there tonight. A thing. <laughs> They're out there. You want to spend 120 million euros on one? Yeah, I get or two, I guess. Um, so for me, worst case for them is top four uh, and failing to reach the quarterfinal of the Champions League. Uh, best case, these guys are probably the odds-on favorite to win the title. And, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but they could make a Champions League run this year. Yeah, the, um, Man, Man City, their high is first. Yeah. Uh, their low for me is probably third. This is a really good team. I think it's the most well-rounded team uh, that EPL has to offer this year. Um, they broke the bank to fix the spots they needed fixing. Uh, in this uh, modern game, that's how you do it. So, so they're quick, looking good. Quick question. Yeah. Uh, if Guardiola doesn't win the league and doesn't make a, a really solid run in the Champions League, do you think he leaves Man City after after the season? He, he could, but it, honestly, it's, it's tied to something we already talked about, which is that, like, even good managers on good teams that have success are just like not long for this world. They're, yeah. they're just very flighty. It's a it's a very English thing to to stick with a team for twenty years, like you know Sir Alex Ferguson and stuff like that. So um, I don't even think it re- it relies on how they do this year. I think he could be gone anyway. That's fair. Actually, I I would be be curious to figure out who the longest uh, t- uh, tenured manager is after uh, Arsene Wenger. Wenger. Um, in the EPL, mean, it might be. Oh, you mean like active? Yeah, right it might now. be either Eddie Howe or Jurgen Klopp. Honestly, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's exactly how it goes. All right, let's talk about the other side of Manchester, the uh, red side of Manchester, uh, Manchester United. Um, United actually had a pretty good transfer window. Mourinho did, keeps yeah. uh, keeps talking some game about uh, Gareth Bale. Um, they didn't lose anybody really. Uh, sounds like uh, uh, Zlatan's coming back. They brought in. Uh, the best player probably uh, in Liverpool in Lukaku uh, and uh, Matic, your uh, your nemesis there. Um, they're very deep. Um, they should be able to manage the multiple competitions. I mean, Marino dragged them into the into the Champions League. So worst case for me is that you know they don't gel. Uh, and Marino absolutely loses his shit, and they finish out of the top four. Best case is this is a team that is contending for the title and actually might even be able to make a Champions League run as well. <laughs> My high for them is first place in winning the title, and my low is seventh. <laughs> I Again, have, right? We have no idea. I, I have no idea with this team. So so I'm not as high on Lukaku, um, or Lukaka, as I call him, um, as, as other people. Obviously, you know, he's... he's He's quality, but I, you know, I don't think he's—I don't think he'll have as much success. That's—that's that's my opinion. Um, but you look at dudes like Modric, and um, uh, you look at Pogba. Obviously, these dudes are yeah. the fucking real deal. So, so they had a good transfer window, but you know, uh, I would have said they should have done better than they did last year as well. And uh, uh, you, they had a great defense. I didn't know what to fucking make of that, you know. So um, I, I honestly don't know what to do with it. Here's the only thing that I do know about United: if anybody this year brags about them quote winning the double last year. Which would be League Cup and fucking Europa League. 
I'm going to shit my pants laughing hey, forever. Europa was the one cup they have never won, and they won it last year. Bloody so fucking dumb. My favorite, my favorite Pogba moment was a, a match against uh, Liverpool uh, when uh, there was a set piece, actually, and uh, Liverpool struck it in there, and Pogba uh, went up uh, to head the ball and dabbed, and got the, got the, uh, the handball. <laughs> in, in the box for a penalty for Liverpool, which That's is amazing. great. Like he straight Pogba dab, and that was when they had like the the Pogba like in his like the in his hair. Like it, it was oh, fucking it. hilarious. All right, let's talk about a uh, another United team, Newcastle United. How uh, do they? How do they fuck it? How do the fans even follow? I don't know. How do, United? You know how, how do you know who you're talking There's, about? We haven't even talked about other United teams oh, yet. Christ. Uh, so Newcastle United, they're back. Those them of the uh, of the black and white stripe variety. Um, they stuck by Rafa Benitez um, after they went down. He delivered. They absolutely smashed the uh, championship last year. So for me, worst case, worst case scenario for them is they're in a relegation battle. Best case, and, and probably more likely, is they're probably a mid-table team. This is a team that they were flirting with relegation for a long time. They brought in some reinforcements. Um, you know, they basically everything just fell apart. They went back down to the championship. And I think they regrouped. You know, worst case again is, is they all like shit the bed up in the EPL, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think this is probably a mid-table team. What do you got? I think so too. I've got I've got their highest thirteenth and their lowest seventeenth. I, th- I think they clear relegation uh, easily. Actually, um, I think as far as promoted teams go, like freshly promoted teams, this is one of the best and most well-rounded uh, rosters that you see coming in. So um, I got I'm ex- you look at guys like Iosi Perez. Uh, I think yeah. they're going to do all right. I, I got a spot. I got as a Liverpool fan, I have a spot spot for uh, Rafa Benitez. So yeah, but so. see, I, I only became a fan right at the end of his tenure. Then okay. so it, you know it's yeah. yeah. All right, let's talk about. Uh, the uh, uh, the Liverpool Farm Club, Southampton. Uh, right. Uh, they brought in uh, Manuel Pellegrino to coach. He is the fifth manager in six years now. Southampton is a weird case. Like they were promoted, everybody thought they were going to go right back down. Yeah. They've just been a pipeline of talent. Their youth system, their youth setup is their amazing. MLS. Uh, <laughs> They are they are the MLS of the EPL. Every every good <laughs> player they get, they fucking get rid of. Yeah. Um, and Liverpool has mined them for the likes of Adam Alana and Mario Sane and and maybe Virgil Van Dijk. Who we'll know? Who we'll see? Um, but they have this is now the fifth manager in six years, which is kind of amazing, but also kind of like mind boggling. So it's the system, obviously, that they keep, they keep producing this really great talent. And these managers come in, they manage it for a year, and they get a better job. Mm-hmm. Uh, Manuel Pellegrino, ma- uh, former manager of uh, Manchester City, I think he was over in Italy last year. They've finished in the top eight for all six years that they've been in the uh, in the EPL. So for me, best case is they're fighting for seventh, which um, I think there's a clear top six in this league this year, and I think seventh is a, a huge drop-off from I think, that. I think there was last year, too. Yeah, right? so I think best case is they're fighting for seventh. Um, worst case is they're you know finishing mid-table, well below that top eight that they've had for the last several years, which would be a disappointing season for them. So, yep, uh, I'm pretty close on that as well. Uh, Southampton, I've got them a high of eighth. I got them a low of thirteenth. Uh, I thought last year was an absurdly good year, finishing eighth. So, so you know, get on them. Um, for me, the biggest factor is what's going to happen with Virgil Van Dyke. I think without him, they're way on the lower end of that spectrum. Cool. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about sexy, sexy Stoke. You know, can can they win on a rainy night in Stoke? That's my fucking. Question. Well, that's that's for the other team uh, to know. I was just kidding. Stoke City. So it was a joke. <laughs> okay, no. Uh, Stoke lost uh, Arnautovic to West Ham, uh, but they still have uh, Shakiri, and he's that uh, Shakira, which would be great. She's got the best hips in the EPL. That's true. Uh, Shakiri's got some pretty good hips too. 
Um, so best case for them, in my estimation, is Everton and Southampton falter. Maybe there's uh, maybe there's some uh, injuries, and they finish in seventh place, make a cup run again, kind of like Crystal Palace or uh, I can't remember who. The, yeah. Anyways, make a uh, cup run. Uh, worst case is that Stokes kind of been around that same spot for the last several years. Worst yeah. case is inertia sets in. Maybe Shakiri gets hurt, and then they're back in a relegation battle. I think they're probably more in the middle of the table. Yeah, I think they're better than a relegation yeah. battle. I'm, I'm pretty stoked about these guys. And I'm not <laughs> trying to stoke any fires <laughs> here. But, um, honestly, I see high a 10th, low a 16th. I don't think they're in a relegation battle. Uh, my, my problem for them is that there's way too much turnover this year. They lost a lot of good dudes. And even the decent dudes they brought in, I, I'm i a believer that it, it takes time to gel around an idea and a, in, in a vision. And even their older, experienced dudes like Darren Fletcher, it's going to – take time for that to happen so sure. i don't think i think yeah. it's gonna be a great year for them but they got the talent to not be fucking bottom uh cool. table so right on. i mean yeah let me say that's that's absolutely worst case scenario yeah, so yeah. Right, let's talk about swansea city um honestly for me i can't really predict swansea city until no figure what's happening with sigurdsson yeah um is he going is he going to everton if he's going to everton that's a huge boost for everton yeah. um if he if he leaves there's a gigantic hole in the midfield and they're in a relegation battle again if he if he stays i think they're probably easily mid-table Right. I, Yofie Sigurdsson is utterly lovable. Uh, I got them at a high of 13th place and a low of 18th. I think it's possible they could be in a serious relegation battle. And, but, again, a lot of that has to do with some of the things we don't know quite yet. So um, I'm struggling to think of other really important players other than Yofie Sigurdsson, and that's a problem to yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the uh, Spurs of oh, Tottenham. Uh, they literally spent $0 this year. In the uh, transfer so far. Again, caveat so far. So they had the best season ever in the Premier era. Um, they spent zero dollars. Uh, they have their all their faith in uh, uh, Mauricio Pochettino that all the youth will develop, that they will not have any injuries. They sold off a bunch of dudes. Um, they have another Champions League. Uh, I mean, they, they were in the Champions League last year. They have another Champions League. I guess, for me, best-case scenario is... This team contended. This team was actually probably the hottest team in the league at the end of the year last year, and but for the, the league that Chelsea had built up, may have may have overtaken them. Um, so best case scenario, scenario for them is that they make a run at the Champions League at the at the not the Champions League at the at the Premiership, um, and make a Champions League run. Worst case is injuries, um, and again, as I mentioned, this team has very little first squad depth. They didn't bring anybody in, uh, and they you know they finished six crash out of the group stage of the CP uh, of the Champions League which I'm, I'm leaning more towards the latter than the former yeah but, uh, yeah latter definitely yeah they they've they lost some key dudes they added no dudes and they have a Champions League distraction I I don't see plus how plus they're playing at Wembley this year and they sucked <laughs> ass at Wembley <laughs> that's last a good year. I didn't even think about that that's a good point <laughs> so uh, look uh, high of fourth I think they could get into Champions League because they still have talent where they've got it but um low of eighth Ooh. I don't I mean That'd be a where, fall, man. Where is it coming from? They just it, it would be a fall, but they, 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 they lost still, dudes and they added nothing. They still have Ari Kane and Deli Ali. Oh know. yeah, and like I said, that's why I've got them at fourth and not fucking bottom of the table. Yeah, but they they've done nothing. Yeah, that's where's the hope? I mean, I think they're hoping from from the youth squad to come in and and uh, fill in those uh, fill in those spots. So we'll, we'll wait see. For that. All right, uh, let's talk about Watford, the Hornets. Uh, they barely staved off relegation last year. Uh, best addition for them is probably Marco Silva. For me, best case scenario is someone, anybody, steps up and helps Troy Deeney score and Watford figures out how to play defense. They may have be they may be actually be worse than Liverpool when it comes to defense. Uh, best case scenario is that they finish mid table. 
Uh, worst case is that they're once again back in the relegation battle, and I think they're back in the relegation battle yeah, anyway. So even your top there was was way too optimistic. I got I got them as a, a high finish of 17th place, which is to say just barely escaping relegation. Yeah. Uh, low of 20th place. Uh, I think this team gets relegated. This is another team for me where there's not even any of those squishy intangibles. Uh, maybe saving Tom cleverly is a dude I like that is going to save this team from relegation. So sorry guys. Cool. Uh, West Bromwich Albion. Uh, West Bromwich Albion brought in uh, Jay Rodriguez from the aforementioned Liverpool Farm Club, Southampton, um, which, you know, at least proves to me that they're trying. Yep. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't know, but is it enough? Um, again, no. for me, and they're, this is a team that's been solidly mid-table uh, for the last couple years. Yep. Best case for me, again, is they're fighting for a top 10 finish. Uh, worst case is they're probably sitting in, you know, 15th or 16th. Um, so, so for me, I, I look at um, West Brom high of ninth, low of 12th. I think they're a good mid-table team. Um, I think that they're enough the same t uh, this year over last to contend for the top half. Um, and, they, you know, you already mentioned Jay Rodriguez is going to be an addition there. Uh, I think they've improved over last year and, and not regressed, so good on them. All right. Sounds good. What do we got one more team. One more team. The the Hammers of West Ham. Uh, a un another United, if you can believe it. What? Yeah. Um, we at least I'm glad we're not Arthur Blank on this podcast. Uh, so the Hammers keep threatening, um, but you know, they never actually threaten. So this actually team. This is the team that ex it actually kind of intrigues me the most uh, from this transfer. No, they brought in Joe Hart and Pablo Zabaleta from Man City. Uh, Zabaleta on a free and Joe Hart on a loan. They bought Chicharito from Leverkusen. Uh, Chicharito of, uh, of Mexican team, uh, national team uh, glory, and uh, actually fucking rolled it in, uh, in uh, the Bundesliga for Leverkusen, scored a lot of goals. For me, worst case, this team is mid-table. Best case is this team is challenging for a Europa League spot and maybe makes an FA Cup run and nice. tries to win an FA Cup. So Yep. I'm hot on West Ham, too. Uh, well, maybe not as hot as you. I got them as a high of 8th and a low of 12th. Solid mid-table team. They're d Here's my thing. They're doing the right things for a club of their stature. Yeah. You get Chicharito, that's awesome. They're not signing Pogba's right now. That's fine. Yeah. They're doing the things that a team like them should do to continue to progress, and even, uh, that's uh, exciting. Like, four years ago, a Chicharito signing for West Ham would have been would have fucking been fucking bonkers. London would have been going crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So... I mean, they're, do, they're doing. They're doing the right just, fucking thing. That's just thing. like a regular. Let's go. Oh, hey, yeah, we got we got Chicharito. Yep. Nice. <laughs> cool. Nice addition. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's what it is. Yeah. So, so good for West Ham. Really proud of those dudes. All right. Let's wrap up this uh, this section, which has been way way too long. Uh, let's talk about our top four. <laughs> uh, so for me, in no particular order, I got uh, Liverpool, Man City, Man United, and Chelsea in some order. Probably Man City on top. But uh, yeah, that's my top four this year. How about uh, you? A top four in order. I've got. Man City winning the league, I don't think it's any question. Chelsea, Manchester United, who I think have made mostly the right moves here in the offseason. Uh, and then Liverpool will actually get another Champions League opportunity Sweet. in fourth. All right. Uh, let's talk about the relegation zone. These are the four teams that we think will be battling uh, in relegation so all year. So you're including, year. like, one that would be just yep, outside I'm, the cusp. I'm including, okay. like, the 17th place team. Because I only so. put three teams, I guess. So. Okay. Um, you put four teams in there. Well, yeah, because I only just fucking barely noticed that right now. Okay, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> All right, so I think uh, Crystal Palace is fighting for relegation most of the year. Uh, I got Burnley as well, Brighton, and Huddersfield Town. Uh, okay. Who do you got? Um, Watford, probably fucked. Huddersfield Town, totally fucked. Brighton and Hove, maybe fucked. Burnley, pretty much probably fucked. So okay. those are my teams. Well, only one of those teams 
is not fucked, but they're all prob- <laughs> mostly probably fucked. The, our, our, the only difference between those that we had, I, I had Watford and you had um, Crystal um, Palace. Crystal Palace. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little higher on Crystal yeah, Palace. Yeah, that's fair. Um, surprise team. So this is a team that you think uh, uh, either is going to be good or bad. Um, I got Southampton. I think this is the year that, that kind of falls apart for Southampton. I love that you're surprised. Like, most people take a surprise in a positive way. I love yeah. that you're thinking You know what my surprise is? <laughs> They're going to fucking suck. I'm a Minnesotan, man. I'm, like, I, I've <laughs> yeah. supported Minnesota teams for my entire life and Liverpool. Uh-huh. Like, I'm used to, like, teams failing on me and I being uh, bad. So. I know what's up. I think this is the year that they finally falter, especially if, um, if and when uh, Van Dyke gets sold. Hopefully Liverpool, probably to Chelsea now that – Right, hearing right. everything, I think uh, they might, mu- and I'm not saying that they're going down, but I think they're in a relegation battle all year. I think uh, that's going to be a, that's not good. Big for them. drop off. Yeah. yeah. How long can they continue to sell off their talent and yeah. and, move stay in in the, the right and stay up yeah. in the in the EPL? Yeah. You know, we just we we just spent you know five minutes. It felt like spurting hot white jism about West Ham. Uh, my prediction: Hammers make Europe. All right. That's my prediction. Yeah. Although although I had previously said they're going to finish eighth. Finish to 12th. eighth, which is not. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, maybe they make it by winning. But that's the why F- I'm putting it under the surprise. Well, hey, it would surprise even me. Here's what know? I said though. I think they win. The, I think they make an FA Cup run. Maybe they win the FA Cup. That's how they it's, get those the Those are too much of a shot in the dark. I, I, I don't <laughs> make any predictions on those. But. Um. Do you have it? So just this is not on our uh, on our outline here. But yeah, yeah. what are your thoughts on the Champions League for the uh, English teams? We got obviously Liverpool, oh uh, Man City, Man United, Chelsea. In Tottenham, we have five teams in the. In the in, well, who do you think goes the furthest in uh, in Champions League this year? Um, and who makes it out of uh, who makes it out of the group stage in the, into at least the knockout rounds? But Man City has the talent to, and again, that's a crapshoot to a degree, but a lesser degree because you get the the, the round robin thing. Um, Man City probably the most talented there. I can see them moving on. Uh, I can see Liverpool moving on to the uh, knockout rounds just because I think that they've got the offensive talent to overpower anybody on a given night. Um, but I think once they face true quality, they'll, they'll fall apart. Um, I'm not high on really any of these teams. I, I, Eng- England is not, is not a great Champions League uh, source of talent right now. That's true. I mean, part of that's because they, it's the, I think the league is so good generally, and like the teams are so balanced that there's not, you don't, you don't have your, you know, your three top teams like you do like in Spain and then every, you, you can, Beat up on everybody else, and you can right. rest your guys. Yeah, um, I kind of I'm with you. I think I think Man City. Um, I don't think Tottenham makes it out of the group stage. Um, Ch- I don't Ch- think Chelsea could make it into the group stage. Yeah, or? I mean, I think actually, it wouldn't surprise me if four of the five uh, English teams make it out of the group stage, into the knockout rounds, and I think Tottenham is probably the one that is. Uh, it's odd man out in that uh, in that five. So oh sure yeah they've done nothing. All right to more an optimism. All right so let's blow through. So that's uh that's the EPL uh, yeah, preview. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually gonna have an EPL uh, preview as part of my sexy Europe uh, column that should be going up tomorrow uh, with a little more in depth stuff here. I'll maybe purge like uh, pick away some of our notes here and make that uh, make that happen. Excellent. So. All right, so let's talk about uh, picture didn't happen for week twenty two yeah, of MLS. We've spent a long time. Let's let's make this one a quick one. Bla- why don't you blast through these? Our listeners are begging us. So so what happened last time? Uh, um, DC United tied Toronto. Neither of us called that one to one. Philadelphia won three to one against Dallas. Nobody knows what the fuck is going on with Dallas anymore. Yeah. Uh, I actually called Philadelphia because that's where I'm at with Dallas right now. Good job, Mark. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, Montreal two, Orlando one. Montreal wins. Both of us saw it coming. 
Neither of us. Remember <laughs> how optimi- optimistic we were about Seattle and Minnesota? God damn. Yeah, no. Kids we were back then. Uh, Seattle won four to nothing. Chicago four, New England one. Both of us saw that coming. Everybody should have. Uh, Colorado two, Vancouver two. This might be the first time that both of us called a draw and both got it. We don't call <laughs> a lot of draws and, and get them right, yeah. but uh, those are two teams that kind of suck. Uh, the Salt Lakes and the Houston's. Uh, that was a 0-0 barn burner, and neither of us saw that coming. San Jose won 2-1 against Columbus. Both of us called that. Uh, Portland beat L.A. 3-1. I think you and I thought L.A. would steamroll because they were on, on the, the road. road right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, didn't happen, so whatever. Uh, I guess L.A. sucking took took the day. Yeah. Uh, New York City beat the New York Red Bulls 3-2. Good game, but both of us saw it coming. Yeah, I actually called that one specifically 3-2 to the, to the blue. It feels good, yeah. doesn't it? Uh, Kansas City and Atlanta tied. Neither of us called that, but in hindsight, yeah, those are two pretty good teams. That's fair. Well, so, and, like, Casey outplayed Atlanta in the end. I watched this game. Casey outplayed yeah. Atlanta in the entire game. Atlanta just happened to get a wonder goal in like the 89th minute. So that's all it takes yeah. sometimes. That's why soccer fucking sucks. Uh, so running totals this week, you went five and six. Yep, pretty respectable. I went six and five. Utterly fucking shocking. I am slowly coming back from my uh, egregious deficit. One You're game <laughs> at a time. One, literally one game at a time. Overall, you were at 118 correct picks and 132 incorrect picks. I've not quite broken the 100 mark. I've got 99 correct picks. Almost, buddy. And 151 Almost. incorrect picks. Next I'm, week. I am you'll, get, f- you'll get them next I, week. I'm 19 games behind you, so <laughs> fuck me. Let's make this happen quick. We're going to pick week 23 picks, and I'm going to call out the games. Why don't you tell me what you got? Seller right. first, Seattle Sounders against Sporting Kansas City. A good I got, one. Uh, Sounders winning 2-1, to one, and they're in their form. That was exactly uh, what I had, too. Sounders 2-1. to one. Uh, The Toronto FCs hosting the Portland Timbros. Uh, Toronto FCs 3-1 over the Timbros. I think you're fucking looking at my notes. Uh, uh, Toronto FC, I've got 3-1 to one as well. I picked these before you picked mine. Well, so you, you know, be- let's not fucking split hairs. Um, D.C. United is going to host Real Salt Lake. I got D.C. United actually winning a game one to nothing. You must not have been looking at me here. Uh, Rail Salt Lake on the road one to nothing. Uh, there will certainly not be more than one goal in that game. No, absolutely uh, not. Columbus Crew hosts the Chicago Fires. I got the Fires uh, beating the uh, Finlayless Crew three to one. Finlayless Crew. I, you know, I, nobody's had a bigger heart on for the Fire than than me this year. But that said, I've got an odd one out. Columbus and uh, uh, the Fire tie one to one in Columbus. Okay. So. Uh, the New York Red Bulls host Orlando City. 1-1 one, one draw. Uh, Orlando sucks too bad. Uh, uh, New York Red Bulls win 2 to nothing. Yep. FC Dallas hosts Colorado Rapids. Nothing like uh, the Colorado Rapids coming to town to ease your uh, your oh, your woes. 2-0 to you the know Dallas. What? Uh, I hate both these teams right now. 0-0. Zero, zero. Whoa. New England Revolution hosts the Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, 4-2 to Whitecaps. It's going to be a goalful game. Uh, I've got a 2-2 draw, but uh, either way, a lot of goals. Uh, the Philadelphia Unions versus the Montreal Impacts. Uh, two nothing to the Union. Yeah, it's tough to tough to get so excited about the Union, huh? I got a yeah. one nothing win. Uh, Houston Dynamo at home, <coughs> uh, hosting the San Jose Earthquakes. That's all you need to know. Four to one to the Dynamo. That's the same fucking score I had. <laughs> really? God damn it! Stop well, looking I at my shit, man. I didn't have time, so I just picked all your picks. Okay. Um, uh, just kidding. Uh, LA Galaxy host uh, New York City. I think we both know where we're going with this. Uh, three to one to NYCFC. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's exactly the score <laughs> I had. Oh, my uh, God. is a fucking machine, man. What, I, what I'm determining is that I'm not going to make up any ground this week because we have the same no, fucking picks. No, because you keep picks. picking this. You, That's you, right. If I have any chance of coming back, it's going to be because I pick all the opposite. Yeah. I'm either going to lose by a ton or I'm going to have a chance. Exactly. So I need to start picking different. All right, let's talk about fantasy. Uh, can we? Uh, we're not going to talk about fantasy. That's such a fucking pathetic week. That, that last Holy week was amazing. Shit. 
It was amazing. I didn't, I didn't copy your moves in fantasy. That's for sure. <laughs> you did not. Okay, so Zeller, you had 96 points. Congratulations. Yeah. It's a hell of Wait, a week. You almost did. You mirrored my week, my fantasy. Because you ended up with 69. I, I 69 points. Yeah, I got 96. You got 69. Yeah, thank you for that. Hey, uh, So uh, uh, you had previously leapfrogged me in the standings. Now you remain there. You were at 10th. I'm at 11th, but you've widened the gap now. You're at 1575, and I'm at 1550. 25 points separate us, but as this week showed, all it takes is one good week to turn That's that true. around. That's true, 100%. Let's talk about who fucking did it this week. Um, I, comma, David, love Tottenham. That's Colin Solberg still pretending he cares. 109 points. Congratulations yeah, to he Colin did, Solberg. He, you know what? The, the, he fucking changed his name. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, so I, we're on to you, Colin Solberg. You're fired. Um, you spell your name weird, and you're fired. <laughs> and write us a goddamn column, please. Right, right get back to work. And the other uh, Lo- Looney Ruins had a good week. That's Melissa D. Yeah. Uh, Melissa Danner, 104 points. Congratulations, yeah. I, Melissa. I was, I was third highest with my 96. So yeah, well, I'll believe you. Point that yeah. out. I just fucking choose to believe that. Yeah. Um, first place overall in the standings. Uh, <laughs> there was not a change. Brothers Demonov, two, 2018 points. He becomes the first person to break 2,000. Congratulations. Uh, Villains SV closing the gap? I don't know. Uh, no. 1,809, so a good 209 points behind. Uh, but goddamn, that race for second is a tight one. Uh, well, second, third, and fourth, because uh, talk, tell me who's third. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kringo LA with 1,808. You were literally one point behind Villains SV for the second place. And uh, Costa Rica Loons is like, like 10 points behind Kringle LA. Like so it's good. a battle so for that second place, good. man. Let's talk so. about some more fantasy. We talked a shitload about EPL. How can they get involved in EPL yeah, fantasy? Yeah, so you got to go to Taga. You got to uh, ta- How do you spell Taga? What is T-O-G-G-A. Taga? T-O-G-G-A. It's an app. You, you got to do it on your phone. So if you're a Luddite who only has a um, you know, laptop or whatever, you don't have a smartphone, you're probably SOL. Not welcome. Um, but there's a Dave's I Know. Uh, there's two leagues. There's a Dave's I Know Draft League, and there's a Dave's I Know Fantasy League. I've been periodically posting uh, these uh, these things. The uh, the perfect eleven is basically it's kind of like the MLS fantasy league. You just pick your players each week. Um, unlike the MLS fantasy, you don't have a, a limit on. You can pick whoever you want. You don't have a, a budget or whatever. So you just pick the best eleven players you think for that week, right. and you accumulate points, keeps track. Um, so join that. There's also gonna be a draft league. We're drafting. We're gonna draft after the first week of the season. Because uh, I think we want to make sure we get enough people in there. I think we have about four or five people in there right now. Let's I haven't to, joined yet. I'll join. We would like to get 10 or 12. Yep. But it's actually going to be a draft where you will be able to draft a player. It's just like any regular fantasy football league and American fantasy football where if you draft that player, he cannot be drafted by anybody else. He cannot be yep, placed you by own anybody him. else. So, so you are want, you better than Manny Lagos? Yeah. So let's find you out. Want, you want... You want Zlatan Ibrahimovic? You can draft him in the first round if you really want yeah, him. Good luck on that. You shouldn't. Yeah. You probably shouldn't draft Zlatan Ibrahimovic in the first round. But that's uh, that's the uh, the draft league. There's a code for the draft league. Go to the uh, the Dave's I know Twitter feed at tdikmn. Scroll through that. It's I posted it multiple times. I'll post it again right. a couple more times. We're not gonna read the code. Right I now. think the plan is to probably draft this league sometime like around, you know, two like. Wednesday or probably no, actually probably not because we'll record on Wednesday. Probably Thursday of next week sure. is, is when we're gonna try and probably draft this league. Probably be around, good. you know, eight o'clock or so Central Time in the evening. Maybe a little bit later. We'll see. Um, draft should go pretty quickly. But yeah, well, that's kind of the plan for that. So it's gonna be good. Join, uh, join the EPL Fantasy League and uh, yeah. All right, let's get to questions. Yes. Did people have questions for us? This we week? had we had three questions. Let's go in uh, in uh, reverse order here. 
So the, at Minneapolis Catizens, uh, that is the uh, cat supporters group of uh, Minneapolis City, they asked us, why do you record this podcast at a at bar instead of letting your catizens participate? If they want, <laughs> if they want to participate, they can fucking come. Um, well, I, I will. I just I have a, a new a new kitten who's a fucking absolute terror. Um, and if we were recording a podcast in my apartment, does your, does your cat want to get in on it? The cat might be interested. I don't care. Sure. I will say, when we record at McGillicuddy's, there are a couple of, of cats, a cats of legal cats yeah. that do uh, do uh, wander around. And when, and when we record, they're constantly trying to get through the door. They so, are absolutely yeah. always trying Let's to get, get them through on the, the mic, door. Yeah. Let's get them on the so mic. yeah, so next time we're down in McGillicuddy's, which might be next week, I think. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll see if we can get some cats yeah. uh, cats involved. All right. Well, that was a stupid question. Yeah. What's the What's the next one? <laughs> Let's, uh, I'll do one more. Uh, Pete Bisson asked, at what point does Johan, uh, or Johan, I don't even know how you pronounce it, Johan, Johan, Johan Venegas, Jay Venegas, get into Demidoff territory when discussing absolute busts and wasted roster spots? What do you got? Never. Uh, he, he never gets <laughs> to that point. Part, part of it's because they play different roles. So, yeah. you know, D- Demidoff's failings become more, uh, it costs more. Uh, that said, Johan has balanced out um, what I will call somewhere between laziness and I mean is it I was gonna say lack of effort I, I is that different than laziness um, uh, uh, with uh, actually some really bright moments where he makes a great run or he, he perfectly waits a pass like like it's clear to see what when they signed him they saw in him and what we all kind of hope he'd be but it hasn't quite panned out but that's not the same as saying he's fucking Demidov he's not Demidov yeah I 100% agree um, he can be a bust but he's not gonna ever gonna be Demidov Bust, <laughs> but it's, and, and calling him so. a bust, although it's it's uh, disappointing, is a relative thing. Because you remember how we got him? It, 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 we got him with expansion draft fodder. We, we gave up Chris Duvall for the guy. Like, yeah, it, it, it's it's not like we broke the bank on him. And it's too bad that he didn't pan out. But he's not. We didn't. We're not. We didn't. We're paying him a half million dollar salary and, and, and wasting an international yeah. spot. Yeah, and on I mean, well, and, never mind. That's not true. But it, yeah, well, yeah. But to be fair, I mean, Duvall has not been like. It'd be one thing if Duvall was like just fucking lighting it up, um, right. and he's not for Toronto. He's so. never going to, yeah. And you know the the whole point with the, the Johan experiment, if we can call it that, is that he has watched Johan Venegas play. He thought he was playing out of he's playing out of position, and Johan Venegas himself has said that he was playing out of position in Toronto, yeah. and and maybe he's just a moody motherfucker and not a great like dude to play with because he's. Was clearly at the beginning of the season put into the position he wanted. He wanted to play, and he did not pre- produce results. So yep. maybe just he's got uh, some like like inflated aspirations of what, or in, like an inflated sense of self, which you know is generally a good thing to believe in yourself. But when it comes to uh, actually producing on the uh, yeah, on the pitch, it's not a good thing. No, he hasn't. He hasn't owned that. <laughs> but is he Demidov? No, he's not. Fucking Demidov. <laughs> no, no. God, it's gonna be really hard to uh, approach Demidov again. No. Um, hopefully for this team. Our final question then is from uh, Jessica Penguin. Uh, how long will Keith Heath keep his job? Keith. 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 <laughs> I'm gonna start calling him job? Keith. How long will Keith keep his job? Uh, I think they also like they proffered mid 18 as like a uh, as a, a point. I, what do you what do you think about this? D- d- to predict that someone is going to lose their job in the middle of next season is a weird prediction. I, I you know, cause too much has to happen for them to decide they want to keep him around. 
but then you're predicting oh, that next yeah. season is going to automatically be a they train figure, wreck, you know, They like, figure mid-2018. That was the that, that, that that Yeah, that doesn't okay. make any sense so. to me. So um, he stays the rest of this year. I don't think there's any chance they lose him before then. Um, if he doesn't get fired at the end of this year, uh, I could see mid-2018, but there's too much unknown then. It, it absolutely depends on what happens next year. What pieces do they move into the roster um, between now and then? Uh, are, do they at least show a clear vision direction? They're moving in the right way, uh, even if they're not you know, going to make the playoffs or something. If they clearly uh, started to achieve a vision, but, but that's way too far out to be able to predict. But all I can say is it's not going to be this year, and if it's not in the offseason, then we can't know. I'm going to make an even bolder prediction. Bolder than that? Yeah. Asterisk-ridden fucking prediction, I mean. If, if Keith is not fired after this year, I think the earliest he would be, he would be shit-canned would be the end of the 2019 season. That far out. Yeah, and, and I, I, don't, I don't agree with this, but I think that we've seen... And so... For me, actually, the bigger question here is not so much about Heath as it is about uh, the front office and Manny Lagos and Amos McGee. And not so much about Amos McGee, but more about Manny Lagos. Um, I mean, we don't, we don't always necessarily know who's going where on their scouting trips. Um, but Manny Lagos has had a lot of time in this club. And, and Heath might eventually end up being the scapegoat. And I've come about like almost a whole like a fucking 360 or 180 on this thing um because i was i was railing or banging on that heath uh heath out uh gong earlier this year but well i mean we'll see we'll see what, the, what these transfers bring in and I'm, I'm just i'm curious as to how much control how much influence heath has on the process of bringing in players obviously molino is a heath player is, I mean, is Finley a guy that Heath targeted and wanted to bring in? Or is is that a Lagos-McGee decision? And so I kind of believe that if if he's not fired at the end of this year, which I, I don't think he will be, I think he survives at least through the opening, the first season of the new stadium. So That is a bold prediction. Holy shit balls! All right. Those are our questions. Why don't you tell we, we it's been a long podcast, you know? Yeah. Nobody's listening anymore. You can interact Let's with us. You can do that on Twitter at yeah. TDIKMN. You can always email us at Dave's I know at the Dave's I know MN at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, we all, we love to chat with you guys. We love interacting with you guys. Uh, yeah. Hey, Rumham shirts. I think we're gonna uh, close orders on that. We're gonna close the orders here. on Friday. Yep. This Friday for Rumham shirts. So go to the uh, website. Uh, the Dave's I know dot com, or sorry, not the just Dave's I know dot com. God, I wish all of our shit was the same. Dave's I know dot com. Uh, you can click on there. You can see the Rumham shirt or the Rumham shirt. Let's get some. Let's get those out there. Let's get those to a the next Minnesota United match. Certainly, if we can. We'll see. Uh, rate like our our stupid podcast and shit uh, on all your regular uh, podcasting apps, uh, the iTunes, the Stitcher, the SoundCloud. Um, you can follow me at Texas Zeller uh, and tweet at me whatever you want. I'm actually going to be in Milwaukee this weekend in Madison, so Hot. going to yeah, going to watch some baseball. As a matter of fact, and actually, there's a uh, a uh, semi-professional soccer playoff in Madison that I actually might go to. So excellent. I'll be watching some soccer in Madison. So hit me up if you're in Madison and want to watch soccer. Uh, you can follow Martin at offensive underscore loons. 
Um, yeah, man, take us home. This is a great show. Yeah, I know. It always is. I know. We are the Daves You Know. This has been the Daves I Know. As you do yours, land here, become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Who the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be we, done. Uh, we, we do our Come thing, son. Y'all yeah, know we I mean, because I, 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 I do hair w- for a living. Do so you? I, yep. I know. I don't look Who does like your it. hair? No, I'm just kidding. I know. I don't look. It's been raining all day. Okay, okay. It's been raining. <laughs> Damn it. That's a good one. Oh, that's all right.